Welcome to the NewTubers Podcast, the premier small YouTuber community, helping up-and-coming channels improve through critiques, feedback, and cooperation. We teach you how to start, build, and sustain your YouTube career. Now, without further ado, let's begin the show! Hey there, NewTubers. My name's Bolt, and I'm one of the staff members here at NewTubers. Today, I'm interviewing YouTube creator Some Call Me Johnny, talking about his history with the platform over his eight-year career on YouTube, the three different channels he works on on a weekly basis, and what he's learned throughout the journey, and his tips for small creators. Any relevant links are in the description below or the show notes if you're listening on podcast. As always, let us know if you enjoy this interview and if you'd like to see us do more of these in the future. Alright everybody, let's start the interview. Okay, so we're here with YouTube creator Some Call Me Johnny. Go ahead and introduce yourself, man. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. So, um, Some Call Me Johnny, you have three different channels that you work on, all of which are neither nearing or have passed 100,000 subscribers. You have your main channel, Super Gaming Brothers, and Brain Scratch Comms. Give us an idea about what each of those really have to them. Okay. Well, uh, out of all of them, I believe, like, Brain Scratch Commentaries, uh, it's the one with the, the lowest amount of subs, but I feel... Uh, at the, out of all the channels that I run is probably the most intellectual because there's four of us there. We're all, uh, you know, above 20 years old. So we've, we've seen some stuff. We got some knowledge on a couple of things and we really like to go out of our way to give our uh, honest to God opinions on this or that, or probably go on 76 tangents in the course of five minutes because we actually don't like what's going on screen. Hey, it's prone to happen. But when it comes to something that we all know about, to some regard, I really think it makes for some really good, like, podcast, like, atmosphere or just background noise in general, which is why I think it has some pretty good retention. Uh, now, as for the Super Gamer Brothers, I believe that uh, of the three channels, I believe that's the one that has the most energy because uh, I record that live with my brother Elliot and my friend Matt. Uh, we're all on the same couch, we look at the same screen, and we just rib each other. It's more, to put it in a way, goofy than say brain scratch where that one is about discussion this one is just about how much uh, of, of 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 jackasses can we be uh in front of the in front of the tv and i think people like uh, especially the younger crowd adapted that more because they like that energy now my main channel uh some call me johnny i pretty much primarily focus on video game reviews that's something i've been doing since 2008 and those take the longest time to make and I, I wish I could make a video, like, one every three days or something like that, but th those are the videos that I put the most effort into because that's script writing, that's note-taking, recording footage, editing, compiling, all that, you, you name it. And uh, throughout many years, I've seen that people really do like my style of editing or my sense of humor, or in quotes, because uh, I don't see it, honestly. And it, it's the one that I... Out of all three channels, I mean, I don't want to make it sound like I, I weigh one than the other, but it is the one I'm the most proud of, that the one I'm proud of the most growth, and the one that I, I have under my belt that I can say, yeah, I've done that. It's taken me a long time, but I've done that. Yeah, it's your baby, more or less. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Um, now, you mentioned you started Song Call Me Johnny eight years ago, and that's a whole different world as far as YouTube goes. And that was part of the reason I wanted to uh, bring you on for this interview in the first place, was to give some of the YouTubers viewers some perspective on what YouTube was like way back then, before Google was even involved. And you've experienced pretty much every major change that's come through. So give us an idea of how that's been for you. Oh, well, back then, 
if you weren't an affiliate with like, because back then I believe the biggest affiliates was like Machinima, uh, probably full screen. It was just getting started. Or maybe you're one of the lucky few that actually was uh, signed up for like Google AdSense, if you understood how it worked. I didn't. <laughs> Nobody still understands how that works. I don't think don't I, worry. yeah, I don't think anybody did. But uh, around 2008, 2009, that's when YouTube wasn't exactly the premier video site. I mean, it could, but it was also rife with copyright issues and content ID and copyright strikes, which is some, I'm so glad we live in today's world. That's not <laughs> really a problem. Uh, he lied through his teeth. But uh, that was around the time where everyone was using different mediums like Daily Motion or Blip. I remember Blip. I dabbled in Blip myself a little bit. Uh, but. Back then, it wasn't so much doing it for – not just because you have the passion for uh, – not because you got paid for it, but because you honestly got love doing it. Because uh, around that time, I was really, really into like the Angry Video Game Nerd and the Nostalgia Critic. Those are the two major ones. Uh, I was unemployed around that time. I was just getting back into school. I was in the University of Philadelphia on my first year, and I had a lot of free time. And I figured, you know what? I really like what these guys do. I want to give a shot at that too. And for a while, I was kind of meandering. For maybe a year or two years, I wasn't exactly sure what kind of identity I want. And then after a while, I just said, screw it. I'm just going to write how I feel, write as I do. And that led me to be to really finding what I call the definitive identity of some call me Johnny, where I am just a, a laid-back guy that's it's not crazy it's not overly rambunctious with this or that i just sit on my ass i drink coffee and i just tell you my honestly got opinion on what i find you know good what i find bad and i tried my best to be impartial to the best of my ability but sometimes i lose my mind because i honestly got love what i see or i honestly god don't like what i see but for a while it was I was doing it because I just wanted to get a base out there. I wanted to show people that I can I can be entertained because in the art I was in the art institute uh, getting my bachelor's for uh, media arts and animation because at the end of the line, at the end of the day I always wanted to make content that people could enjoy and back then it was cartoons nowadays it's just video content in general if I got time to make a cartoon I make a cartoon but those take so long um, but my idea was always make something people can enjoy. And if I can make a couple of bucks on the side, then that's good. I can pay my bills and kill two birds at one stone. Yeah, yeah. Now, you even mentioned, um, you mentioned art a little bit there, which is, again, another one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on for this, because you have, you have your uh, toe in a bunch of different little pools here. You have uh, a live Let's Play channel, a gaming review channel, uh, which also has some, you know, cartoon drawings here and there infrequently yeah. now. And you have a, um, a post- commentary let's play channel which is an older style that really you don't see much anymore no uh it was it was weird at the time because i wasn't really involved into the let's play i didn't, I didn't really know there was even a let's play scene in 2008 2009 because i think they were still just getting their wings at that point back then if you weren't making a review of product you were most likely ranting about something because everybody had something to say back then about everything. And a Let's Play didn't exactly cross my mind. I didn't get the idea of 
recording a game and just talking as I'm playing with it, and people find that entertaining. Which is kind of the reason why I, I, I'm glad that out of all the three, the three channels that Brain Scratch was one I kind of grew, uh, grew up in, like, first and foremost, besides my review channel, because, again, I love that. I love that post-commentary discussion. You don't have to worry about playing the game and talking at the same time. The game's already there, recorded for you. Now you can just center all your attention on what you want to talk about for that one video. And I, that's why I, I really like going back to some of those uh, Brain Scratch commentaries. Well, anything before, uh, anything after 2010, because, ugh. <laughs> uh, yeah. One thing you will learn when you, when, you, when you get started with whatever you want to do on YouTube is that it, if you want to sound good, you got to spend that money to get that decent equipment, to get a decent mic, decent editing software. Otherwise, it's not going to be pretty the first time, but... That's how you, you learn from that. You know, that's why I don't like totally regret those days because that was a learning experience and one that I'm glad that I went through. Yeah. Now, um, on that subject, have you ever, how often do you go back and kind of watch your old videos for perspective on any of the channels for that matter? For perspective? Uh, let me see. Well, for the review channel, I go back specifically if i'm going if i'm revisiting a certain franchise that i gave a look at previously say like uh for example uh like next year i want to do like the mega man x series i think that's long overdue so i was planning on going back to my old mega man stuff which i did i think in like, 2013. i haven't watched a lot of those videos since i originally created them but it's good idea to get an idea of what i've said what i didn't say so that i don't a come off as redundant in these new set of videos, or B maybe I can clarify something that I did I wasn't exactly clear on previously. Because there's one thing I I try to strive for in my videos is a sense of continuity. If you've been watching my channel since then, the future videos and in, in my opinion will be better because I make reference to those older videos. You get little bonuses here and there for sticking with the channel for as long as you do, and I keep that in mind. For a lot of things. Also, I, I, I also get the idea of maybe... It, it's funny because there are times where I'm writing a script for a video and I'm thinking, maybe I should put this in here. Maybe like a little snide remark or an observation or a joke. And I'll pass on it for them. It's like, now I'll save it for later. And I'll forget about it until I rewatch the video. And then I realize, oh, wait, that's right. I always did want it to say this or this, that. Okay, I'll do that in a next video. And it ends up paying off. Uh, because uh, I, I, to me, some of the best jokes that I write are the ones that make myself laugh. Not to sound conceited, but normally if I'm chuckling at something, I think people will enjoy it. And most of the time, I'm right about that sort of thing. So it, yeah, it, it, it yeah. does feel it does feel pretty good that I'm laughing at something and people find it just as funny, if not more. Yeah. Um, and on that, um, when you go back. Have there ever been times, like, I'm sure you've gone back to your very first video, uh, which was a Kingdom Hearts rant. I'm, mm. I know you reference that all the time nowadays because you're reviewing Kingdom Hearts at the time of this recording. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so have you ever gone back to, like, the really old videos? Because your channel wasn't always Some Call Me Johnny, as far no. as I there was There was a Super Gaming Brothers review channel with you yeah. and your brother Elliot. It was originally the Super Gaming Brothers on Some Call Me Johnny. And it was reviews, yeah, before Let's Plays are even a thing. And as in terms of going back to the old stuff, no, I don't really go back to my really old stuff because I I've learned so much since then. 
Back yeah. then, that was when I was struggling for an identity. I didn't know who I wanted to be. Do I want to be Angry Video Game Ripoff number three or four at that point? I don't know. Do I want to be a nostalgia critic? It's kind of cringy in that way. You know, I was young. I didn't know what I wanted. So I look back in perspective. I look back as to what not to do ever again <laughs> on yeah. the channel in that way. That's why those videos stay up. They, they stay there as a reminder. I feel like every creator has that sort of time where they go back and they realize, oh, Lord, what have I done? <laughs> um, so when you go back, um, if you go back, I should say, and you think about yourself back then, minus the, the part about finding the identity that you have found since, what little pieces of advice would you have given yourself if you could time travel? The best piece of advice I can give to myself back then would be to calm down. Calm down. Don't be so erratic. It's going to pay off. It takes time, as it always does. It's the one thing I tell everybody, because I, I, I get the question countless times in uh, conventions. It's like, I want to start a YouTube channel. What advice can you give me? It's like, don't rush into things. Don't expect, like, a thousand views, two thousand views in a single day. I got lucky, honestly, with my rant video, my Kingdom Hearts rant video, because that got, like, four or five thousand views in a day and that was unheard of for a channel of my stature at that point because i only had two subscribers and i'm pretty sure one of those was an alternate account <laughs> <laughs> and I, I i guess it acted as again it was also a rant video 2008 2009 i guess you can say my finger was on the pulse at the moment <laughs> uh so it acted as a vehicle to get some sort of attention from my channel but you know videos after that didn't have nearly as much pull, nearly as much views, and it that opened my eyes. Realized that, okay, not everybody wants to hear everything you want to say about certain subjects. So, it, but that comes to the territory. Sometimes you're going to get your hits, you're going to get your misses, and in, in the beginning, there's going to be a lot of misses because you are either a still trying to find your niche, or b people were just not very interested in the subject matter at hand for that particular video. It takes time. And once you find that pattern, whether you're being analytical about it, you study your pages and all that sort of thing, it everything takes time. In my case, it took six, seven years for it to finally kick off. I know that sounds like a lot of time, but you're young. <laughs> you, you know, you, you got plenty of time in the world. I got plenty of time in the world, and I'm still growing, even to this day. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and actually, um, on that note, uh, just for perspective for our um, our viewers right now, your main channel is nearing 300,000 subscribers. Um, yeah. Your Super Gaming Brothers just crossed 100,000 subscribers, and I believe Brain Scratch is at 70,000 subscribers. Yes. So it's very much been a slow burn. I remember, uh, personal anecdote, I remember finding you, pff, had to be 2011, 2012, and I think you were just breaking 100,000 or 50,000 or something like that. Yeah. And it was... it. It's it's awesome to see where you've come now since then as far as growth yeah. goes. It is it's it's very sometimes it could be a little too haphazard for your liking, but at the same time, that's just the nature of the beast when it comes to this sort of this this sort of thing. Because when I broke a hundred thousand subs, like I was so happy when it happened. Like I was like I never thought in my life to do that. And in about a year's time, about a year a year year and a half, I doubled that. It took me like 
uh, it was scary, actually, to be honest, how fast it went from 100,000 to 200,000. But then at that time, it also slowed down, which I'm very grateful for, because <laughs> if I went from one to two to four to eight to 16, I probably wouldn't be here right now. Yeah, I can't imagine the comments. Yeah. Oh, and the, the, the climb from 200,000 to 300,000 was definitely slower. But at the same time, that's more time that I've had to establish more of myself and what I can learn to do, what not to do. And again, I, it, it always warms my heart that whenever I'm making a video and there's that there's that singe of doubt in my mind thinking that oh, this video is going to be a piece of crap, you know, or it's not going to be one of my better videos. But then I upload the video anyway and people got their honest opinions about that, this critiques, but a lot of it is just praise. And I was like, oh, it's like, thank you. <laughs> because yeah. it, it, it's, it's, it's super stressful at times. It really is. You know, this job is not, it's not physically laborious at all. You know, the only thing you're really <laughs> lifting, I guess, is the mic or, you know, go, climbing up the stairs <laughs> to go to your <laughs> office and go back down to the living room. But the mental strain it puts on you, especially as you get bigger, doesn't compare to any sort of physical job you can ever have and i've worked seven to eight years in retail two of those in a volunteer basis it's it, it can be hard it'll be stressful but the payoff in my opinion is totally worth it and that's why i still do it yeah yeah so as far as your general um channel like schedule is like what's your daily schedule with youtube uh, uh in terms of like all three channels um you can limit it to just one you can do all three i mean i know your schedule is very packed so all right uh well for the main channel specifically basically what it is is that i like to set aside especially if i know if the next game in the schedule is longer than usual i like to set at least two three days maybe eight to ten hour recording sessions I got my notepad out. I just sit down. I record. I only get up to eat, go to the bathroom, and then go to sleep finally for the, the day remains. And I try to get as much done as I possibly can while being methodical as I can while also meticulously taking a lot of notes. That's just for the main channel. For the for SGB, if I'm in charge of a game, say, if, I, if I'm in charge of playing a game, I try to get some practice in. I do some research on the game, just maybe get some fun little trivia here and there. Or if I'm not good playing the game, uh, if I'm not going to be co-commenting for this, then, uh, again, I do more research. Maybe I can find a decent tidbit here, maybe a fun little secret that I can tell the guys about because uh, I really don't like dead air in video game well, video playthroughs because it's just nobody's winning in that one. <laughs> And the same thing is pretty much goes for the commentary channel. I mean, on any day that I'm not working on SGB or some Call Me Johnny, I am preparing for a brain scratch commentary, either by talking with the guys and what are we going to do for the week or what are we going to record this day? Are we doing anything this day at all? If not, then I will go back to the main channel. Okay, okay. Um, another question. How much of that time do you spend on the uh, business side of YouTube? So, say, like, checking your analytics, getting an idea of plotting out what you want to do as far as, oh. say, growth goes. I don't know if you do much of that. Every day. Every day. Okay. You, you have to, especially at this point in time where uh, – more so in the – on the Let's Play channel, I would say. Because, uh, because the way – because of the way my reviews are edited, where 
you know, there's like a different 10 second clip going on each, like every 10 seconds or something like that. You don't have to worry about like copyright strikes or content ID unless I'm blatantly uploading like Aerosmith's uh, track record on YouTube, then I'm usually fine on the legal side of things. On a Let's Play channel, though, especially nowadays with, like, this, these limited ads, like, something is considered not advertiser-friendly. Oh, my God, that is... Ugh. You now have to check every single day on your video manager for at least the, the last few videos that you upload within, like, maybe the last two, three weeks. Because if anything gets hit... That's money you're not making, and, you know, that's less pay for over the month, and, you know, <laughs> your bills and debt collectors don't care about that. They just want to see that money at the end of the month, and, and that way it's it's important to keep checking every single day. But luckily for SGB and for Brain Scratch, I'm not the only one that does that. I got my brother Elliot who does that on the side when I'm not doing it, and the other guys at Brain Scratch check that every day. But it is essentially an everyday thing. You have to. Okay. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of our YouTubers do that anyway, you know, not necessarily for the monetary reasons, just because um, yeah. I'm sh I know a lot of us have been or are impatient at times where it's like, are we, are we getting views? Are we, you know, yeah. and like you said, just slow down is the biggest piece of advice. Yeah. And but also slow down, but also learn from that analytical research. Like after you make a video, say after one, two days, study that growth. Did you notice a spike? Did you notice uh, a decline? Maybe something's there. Maybe there's a bit of correlation in there. It's important to not just look at your analytics for monetary reasons, but to get a, to gauge your demographic and viewer retention. Most importantly, see what you can improve based on how you construct your videos. That way, you can improve yourself, and hopefully, down the line, you get more and more subs as you keep going along, and everything just works out from there. Yeah, and as far as let's say, let's call it advertising. It's not really advertising. When you first started your channel or throughout the years, did you ever use any specific mediums to say like, you know, plug your channel, given, you know, give a little shout out to yourself within like select communities or websites? Did you find anything that would pay off you know, better or worse for you? Uh, the most obvious one, I think is just social media in general, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, is live journal still a thing? I don't don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, no, it's probably I. I don't even think it existed. Uh, no, but social media, out of everything, is the most important way to plug your stuff. Um, there was a time where uh, I tried the whole business card sort of thing, have everything on that part, and just hand it out in conventions. I I found that didn't really work, uh, because people nowadays just absorb all of their information digitally. They would rather not have a physical piece of media that they'll just probably toss away as soon as they get back home. <laughs> you know, I mean, how many times have you gone downtown or uh, like Center City and you got Greenpeace handing you a flyer that you probably immediately threw into the trash <laughs> as soon as you got to the nearest trash can? You know, to me, business cards, pamphlets, brochures, those, in my opinion, don't work anymore. Everything needs to be digitally absorbed. And to me, social media is the best way to do that. So... That's why I, I plug that stuff on my descriptions in or for all three channels, uh, because there there are people that you can reach via that way that are maybe looking for something new on YouTube, part of their video diet of the week or daily video diet, but they just don't know where to look. And sometimes social media helps guide them to what you want to make.
Yeah, yeah. And uh, speaking of the social media, then let's let's talk about that for a second. What are the ways that you've really noticed has helped you grow your social media? Because for our new tubers users, one of the biggest questions we had a whole week on this back in July mm. was how do we push you know not only social media but social networking? How do we make these connections via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, even like you said? Well, for Twitter specifically, because uh, I'll be the first to like I don't I used I used to have Facebook. I don't have Facebook anymore. Um, it just wasn't my thing. After a while, it just I, I like Twitter the most because it's it's smaller. It's easier to absorb because you know, like it or not, the 140 character limit. Uh, so you have to you have to carefully process your thought into a single tweet to get your point across, and I think that's easier to absorb. But for uh, interactivity or just getting involved, you know, one thing I, I like to do for a couple of things is like introduce a hashtag or uh, do this and that. That way you get a, a subset of the community that cares about that sort of thing and then you respond to that sort of thing. When people draw me like maybe a fan or maybe a joke about something I said on a video, I give them attention for that and people see that and it's like, oh, look, like he, he really likes it when you do this or he likes it when you do that. And not only that, you know, like he retweets and favorites that stuff. So he's also giving you some attention, some exposure, you could even say. And they look at that, they enjoy that, and they tell people about that. And it's like, this guy does this, this guy does that. He's really cool. He does this and does that. And that's how it spreads. And that's and honestly, after a while, your your attention makes attention, and it just grows at that point. It's also really good to just like respond to stuff every once. So I know it as you grow in the numbers, it's harder to do. You know, you can't respond to every tweet. You can't respond to every Facebook message. You can't respond. It's just not possible. But that's also important why you make those update tweets and all like this to give people an idea of what's going on, what's coming up, if you're working on something so that people are not in the dark with what's going on in the channel. Because especially for the younger audience, they got short attention spans. Uh, especially with uh, YouTube, now they have that they have that new post feature. But before, you had to post an update video. So you really did lose some of your audience when you wouldn't upload for a month because, say, you were reviewing an RPG or what have you. Yeah, especially in today's market where you essentially have to upload a video each and every single day to be relevant in YouTube or Google search engines. Yeah. And that in itself is an entirely different beast that I'm still not sure how to tackle just yet unless you're a Let's Play channel. Uh, but it is important... Social media, I believe, is also just as important to keep audiences in the know of what's going on with your channel. Absolutely. And as far as social media goes, this kind of ties into another thing I want to touch on briefly, which is channel branding. Mm. If you look back at your channel throughout the years, uh, you know, very early on, you didn't have necessarily a channel identity, like you said. And then really, once you changed it into the, the Johnny versus style of review versus the Super Gaming Brothers style, almost immediately you see these um, stylized thumbnails that really pop and give you an idea of this is what you're going to watch. You know what you're seeing. Um, how did you come about the, the like that type of branding and how did you mold it to, say, Super Gaming Bros? Because I know you guys have a set thumbnail style uh, or a template for your thumbnails, actually, which I recommend to a lot of... Let's players, uh, I tell them to look at that because it's very clean, concise, and it gives an idea of what you're playing. Yeah. Shout out to Brandon, Switchback Designs. He's a wonderful guy. He's an upcoming uh, graphic designer, and um, he's the one that made the template, and we, he's a really nice dude to work out. And I'd gladly recommend his work. Look him up, Switchback Designs. Um, hi, Brandon. 
You're probably not listening, but whatever. Uh, for the uh, the thumbnails, uh, the well, the branding in the main channel, honestly, because uh, I, I first did that branding, I think around 2011, because that's when I first did the Johnny versus stuff. I think it was Mario that I started with, and I want to around that time I was I was introduced to uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. And originally, that's the that was the name of the channel. It was like Johnny versus the world because yeah, I'm an I'm an unoriginal sap. I never made that connection. Oh my god. Yeah, and but I just like uh, also that around that time I was um I was having a bit of a renaissance with fighting games because I was playing Street Fighter Four, Marvel vs. Capcom, Tatsunoko versus Capcom, all that stuff, and I always liked the visual aesthetic of a versus screen in a fighting game. Because it was stylized, it was in your face, it also just, it was to the point. You got this guy on the left versus whoever is on the right. And to me, I think as far as a thumbnail goes for telling people what to expect, you can't really get any simpler than the personality and the and the subject matter at hand. Granted, when it comes to attracting new subscribers... You have to rely on them just being utterly curious because I don't rely on quote unquote clickbait titles. You know, I don't say the, the title is not Johnny versus Super Mario Brothers. Three minutes in will shock you because <laughs> I hate that mentality. And I don't judge you if you do, but I personally am not a fan of it. Actually, that brings me to an interesting thing. Um, I don't remember if you guys do it much anymore, but on Super Gaming Bros, you always had your episode titles in the description. Mm. I think specifically, I'm assuming, to avoid that. Right. We Well, no, that was because, personally, for a while, I hated the idea of having an overly long video title. You know, because you got SGB Play, the game title, the part number, and the name of the part. And personally, that was just a lot of clutter. Unfortunately, we live in a in a world today where if the video title or thumbnail doesn't capture the audience, they will most likely not bother. And it's it's really weird because I know I just went into saying like I don't I don't like the clickbait, but I do like having something a little more visually interesting, like a, like a joke or a goofy title you know um it's it's even your thumbnails a lot of the time lately have gotten um i don't want to say meme but sometimes like your your super gaming bros thumbnails will have um i'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head like a lot of your a lot of your crash let's play i've noticed a lot of really just out there <laughs> thumbnails just 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 for the sake of reverence right. joke in the video and that's really but well, the one thing I, I one thing i tried to keep consistent with with those kind of thumbnails is that everything that you see in the thumbnail it's from the game itself. You know, it's not like I put the face of Tana on, like, a real photorealistic chick with big boobs. You know, because to me that's misleading. And that is quite clearly clickbait. <laughs> you know, I like to keep everything within the game itself. And if I can find an interesting freeze frame, like an in-between frame that looks really stupid, I love using it as thumbnail because people laugh at that. They look at that, they giggle, and they want to click on the video because of that. Uh, so in a way, like hook, line, and sinker, baby. <laughs> like I got, yeah. I got you. Thank you for watching. The yeah. <laughs> and going back to um, going back to the title side of it, the reason I bring that up, and I'm going to transition with this uh, too, 
is that the completionist, uh, someone who you've collaborated with, yeah. he's shifted his style uh, significantly in the past few years, especially in the past few months, where it used to be the completionist episode, whatever, you know, that one video game or review or whatever it would be. And even on his main channel and his other channels, you'll see those uh, specific hook phrases to get people in to just watch because he runs a full business based on his channels. And the reason I bring that up is to transition into collaborations. So how has collaborating with other users, um, both, say, larger or smaller, around the same size, how has that helped you as far as perspective, uh, audience, uh, growth, anything like that? As, as far as perspective goes, it really opens my eyes to the different writing styles that I've never considered or maybe uh, – yeah, just different writing visual styles that – quite clearly tell me like oh maybe like for this video or maybe for that video i can try uh, like a different way obviously i don't want to alienate audiences by suddenly transforming into something and they're not but maybe there's a way i can take this or that and put my own spin on it while still remaining the personality that people enjoy me for and when it came to like the completionist video or uh even more recently uh categorist jim it, it it doesn't it didn't really change my perspective on how to make a video but it did give me a renewed sense of energy and purpose because a couple of years ago you'd never tell you'd never convince me that I'd be collaborating with Gerard the completionist or Catacris and the fact that I did at some point in my life tells that that just says like you know what? I've made the right choice in my life, and I'm going to keep going with this because maybe if it, if it's Cat Icarus today, maybe tomorrow it's Tom Hanks. You know, <laughs> that's that's my dream goal. <laughs> Just do a random collaboration with Tom Hanks as we talk about Bubsy. Not even a fitting, yeah. Not even a fitting, game yeah. Not even fitting game. So you think you think it's Toy Story? No, 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 no. Bubsy <laughs> or Road to Hell <laughs> Retribution, um, but. It may or may not affect my writing style or at least give me an idea of how to approach a writing style or maybe a different sense of energy, but it does renew that sense of energy that I have. Because, you know, sometimes after a while, you get a little burnt out, which is why I stress vacations or just take, maybe, maybe take a day or two for yourself. Take a step back, breathe, and you'll be fine. But collaborating with someone to get an idea of how this or that works really does wonders because that it's it's like you're still yeah again i'm still learning and when i collaborate with these channels that are much more successful than i am i get an idea of how they manage to achieve that ex success although i'm still wondering how they do it because oh my god gerard i love you man but you scare me with how much you output and caddy is the same way i don't know how they do it I honestly, I don't know how they do it. It's just they're, they're superhuman. They're, they're yeah, they really are superhuman. You know, Caddy's also British. Maybe they have some sort of secret scientific super serum. Secret tea. Yeah, <laughs> secret tea. <laughs> 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 I like that. Now, um, before we jump into the last, uh, the last arm of that question, uh, you mentioned like you know writer's block or creator's block, I should say, for every creator. I'm sure we've all had that at some point. Yeah. Uh, what did you do to get out of that? Was there any like catalyst that pulled you out of it? Like, say, you mentioned collaborations really pull you back into uh, livelihood. Was there any like any tricks you would recommend that really help 
decompress you and get you ready for more? If I if I get a case of writer's block for a review, I mean it sucks when it happens, but it it, it is inevitable. Uh, just a fact of life. What I like to see this is the benefit of having different channels, because if I have if I feel stuck in one particular channel, then I'll just shift my attention on another channel for the time being. And most of the time, after I finish that little stint, then that block is gone. Because sometimes, we, again, this just goes back into taking some time for yourself. you got to get away. The last thing you need is getting writer's block and then feverishly stressing about how I'm going to get out of this writer's block, which just makes the problem worse. So the way I deal with it is that I just step away. Okay, okay. It delays the video a bit, but that's better than not having a video at all. Yeah, and it helps since, like we said earlier, you have those other revenue streams from the other channels that really, yes. you, they, you don't have to be forced to do that. No. Which is absolutely helpful. Um, now, popping back to cl uh, collaborations for a second, um, as far as the collaborations themselves, have you noticed any renewed uh, like growth, like jumps in growth from those videos on another channel bringing viewers into yours? Or do you see that the retention normally just stays on their channel or that you guys have mutual audiences more or less? No, oh, I, I definitely have seen growth. Um, depends on the subject matter, uh, honestly. Uh, the, you know, people are because people like the bad stuff. You know, they they I, when it comes to like video game like reviews specifically, people like it when you look at bad crap because they like seeing you get stressed out about that sort of thing. And I notice those tend to get the most views when it comes to other content creators plugging my channel. But in terms of just a broad appeal, then yeah, I definitely see, like when I did the collaboration with Caddy, my Crash Bandicoot video shot up because he talked about those videos specifically. When I did the collaboration with Gerard, my Sonic videos, my old Sonic videos, thank you, Gerard, shot up in uh, in, in viewership. A couple, uh, I think about a year or two ago, one uh, foot of a ferret, one of the game theorists on MatPat's channel, plugged my Bubsy video, and that shot right up. So yeah, there there is definitely... The collabs do pay off in that regard and for a while I was hovering around I want to say 275,000 280,000 subs and now I'm clo I'm close to like 292 since the collapse and those push you right back up but advertising is just one thing capitalizing on that growth is another thing which is why if I know I'm collaborating with someone if I got enough of a heads up, I try to have another video good to go right after they plug my stuff. It may not be like the day of, but like the day after or two days after I'll have a new video ready to go so that I can show those newcomers what I'm about because they may or may not always go to my old stuff. They'll check the channel out, maybe not see what they like on the front page and it's like, yeah, maybe later. So to have a new video out at that time to grab their attention, I think, is paramount to capitalizing on that growth from a collaboration. Yeah, and plus, um, with, with new viewers coming in, they may not be as interested in the old stuff, purely because it's older and, say, yeah. your camera might not have been as good back then, for Absolutely. example. Yeah. So that, that always helps to have a new thing ready and, and cross, I don't want to say cross-contaminating, but crossing over. <laughs> cross <laughs> <laughs> I never did get that stain out, yeah. 
But anyway, I think that's about all we really had to cover as far as as far as the interview goes today. So is there anything else you'd really want to say to the new tuber creators that are really getting up and starting? Honestly, no more than I can than I haven't already said, but I believe I think it always bears repeating if you're just getting into this thing, whether you're uh, a vlogger, uh, a review channel, animation, just arts and crafts, all of that sort of stuff. If you're really thinking about pursuing this as a career or as a job, you gotta stick with it, and do not expect it. Get rid of that instant gratification mindset you have if you have it. You're gonna be in this for the long run. I mean, a very long run. But if you stick with it, you'll get to see those results. I guarantee you will. But you gotta have the passion, you gotta have the drive for it, and you gotta have the patience for it. It will pay off. That seems like a good place to stop because that's just about all the time we have. I want to thank Johnny once again for taking the time to join me for this interview. If you want to check up with him, his YouTube and Twitter links are in the description below or in the show notes if you're listening on podcast, along with any other relevant links we've discussed throughout this interview. As always, let us know if you have any other figures in YouTube or anywhere else in content creation that you'd like to see us interview. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys and gals on NewTubers. Thanks for listening to the NewTubers Podcast. Come back every two weeks for more tips, tricks, and advice on starting, building, and sustaining your YouTube career. Visit us on reddit.com slash r slash NewTubers or on YouTube. See you next time! <laughs>